Did you know, did you know the word religion comes from these roots? Re, we, we know that one, rerun. Everybody watches reruns. Uh, it means again, right? It means again. So re, and then religion comes from the word which we have of ligament. Your ligaments connect, is it right? Your ligaments connect different parts. So religion, when it's doing its job right, is reconnecting us. It's reconnecting us. We reconnect to God. We reconnect to each other. We reconnect to the greater body, which Paul called the body of Christ. And that's what we're learning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about how we're connected. So in the series, we've been talking about how you're special, how you're unique. There's no one exactly like you. You're a different part. And th there's two extremes we take here. One extreme is we don't think our part is special or we don't think we're special. And so we try instead to be the hand that God made us to be. We spend all of our time trying to be an ear. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. And so you get to the point, hopefully you get to the point in life where you accept who you are, and we talked about accepting it and then appreciating it, and there's a difference. You go, okay, okay, I'm not going to be an NBA basketball player. But you don't appreciate sometimes who you are, who God made you to be, to the point where you would celebrate it. My goal is by the end of this series, you will read Psalm 139 and say the exact same thing. I praise you, God, because I'm wonderfully made. In fact, isn't it true, have you ever been in a situation where someone's paid you a very direct compliment or you've seen someone else, you've paid a compliment and they have to immediately brush it off? As if I can't be proud of who God made me. You've seen this happen? Someone says something, you're very direct, complimentary, way to go on this, and you just have to shove it aside. Or you've seen someone shove it aside. Instead, it, it's celebrating, this is who God made me to be. Then, sometimes we get to the point where we're happy, we're proud. Now, some people, as we've been saying in this series, it's easy, right? Uh, I watched a special um, on Jack Nicholas, the famous golf, golfer, you know, and he said, you know, he knew what he was supposed to do with his life. No kidding. Some people, you, it's very obvious. And isn't it also true that some of us, we aren't as sure? I don't know. I don't know if I'm special or unique. And that's what's so brilliant about the way Paul talks about the body. The body. Let's read a little bit. Your body has many parts. This is 1 Corinthians 12. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. Limbs, organs, cells. So what we've been saying is, man, if you're a hand, it's kind of easy. You know, if you're kind of Michael Jordan or if you're a great singer, it's kind of easy. But some of us are like a good liver. You know what I mean? I was thinking this morning, like, my grandpa was the liver of our family. You know what I mean? Like, just function. How many are glad your liver's functioning? You don't talk about it. You don't see it. You don't pet it. You don't buy things for it. Like, Charlie loves her hair. She's all about hair, the trolls. She loves to put things in her hair, do things with her hair. Your hair is cool, 
right? If you have it, it's really cool, right? But if you... If, if your liver is just functions, it doesn't do anything. I used to call my grandpa. We call, I call the house and talk, and this is how my grandpa would answer the phone if he if he answered it. And it was usually just because he was there. And my grandma said, "Darby, get the phone." Hello, hi, grandpa. Hi, Chris. Here's your grandma. <laughs> Every single time. Every single time. Now, is it because my grandpa was a grouch? Not, not in the least. The most incredible people that's ever walked on this planet, in my humble opinion. He just wasn't a guy that liked to chat a lot. You ever met a person like that? Does that mean they're a bad person? My grandpa, every single day, pull into that driveway, get the mail, back his truck up, back all the way down that really long driveway that they had every single day at 4.30. Got up early, went to work, worked hard, didn't say much. Was required, I know by grandma, to say the prayer at dinner. She'd set everything down, she'd give him a nod. It's go time. Grandpa would say the same exact prayer every single meal. No varying, no fancy words, no splashy verses, the same one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A man of very few words. A man that just functioned. God, do we need some people like that in our world that just do their job every single day? The liver. The quiet, unspoken, unsung, vital, essential. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes, and don't you think sometimes in our culture we've over-celebrated certain people? Over-celebrated certain personalities? Somebody that can make a clever video or someone that can take a stick and hit a ball? Nothing wrong with it. I've done my, my share of trying. And I've probably done my share of over-supporting. Fair enough? But what I'm saying is they're one part. And we have all these parts, these essential parts. And Paul was saying something that was so incredible. Let me, let me go on. He goes on to say, um, let me pass this one. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant and not what? Not less. Isn't that true? This makes you more significant and not less. There's not one person who ever got up and just got up with a, with a crowd of people. I mean, you know, when you're young, I mean, you, you, you I mean, you know, talk, I mean, I don't know, they talk about your parts. I mean, how much can you lift? How much can you, this is what the guy, I'll generalize, be nice. The guys, how much can you deadlift? How much can you bench? How many, right? Guys, this is what they, the girls, I'm, I'm generalizing, don't throw things, but girls, maybe talk about your hair, and did you get, are those extensions, are those real? And I mean, I don't know. I, but we talk about all of these things, and they're all external, right? And the things that matter, that are most significant, you never talk about. Man, you got a killer liver. I mean, that thing just flows. Just. And this is something that was essential that Paul was explaining to us. Uh, yesterday, my brother was telling me, he's like, have you seen the new Disney? Because, you know, we have kids, you know, his are just a little older than mine. We're, 
you know, Charlie, and she's watching all the Disney ones, and they said, did you watch Encanto yet? And I said, no, and what is it about? And they're like, well, it's, and if you've seen it, you, you know, you, you would do better because I haven't seen it. But he explained, he said, all these kids in the family, they get a different gift. And one of them doesn't have a gift, or so it appears. And only as the movie goes on, I don't want to spoil it, but, the, but she learns that her gift is bringing the other people together. One is, you know, strong, and one is this, and one is, but sometimes this is what's so important. People think, I don't know if I have this real gift. Your gift might be the most essential gift of all. Less celebrated, perhaps. This makes you more significant, not less. Now, let's go on. The next verse, and I think this is important, and I, I pulled this from the Message Bible, so you can go back and read it. But he says, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. No matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. Look, look here. Look. It doesn't matter how important you are as a part. You're only important because of what you are a part of. That is to say, the other extreme, people, they get happy and proud about their part, about who they are and, and how fantastic they are, and they pull themselves away as if they're supposed to be set up on some kind of a shelf and to be admired instead of be connected and to be functioning. And I couldn't figure out a good way, a really good way to tell you this part of the message, so I asked Kurt Russell to help me. He's going to help. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Gotta get back on the ice. Let's go. What for? We'll find out soon enough. Let's go back on the ice. Come on, boys. What for? We'll find out in a minute, won't we? Let's go. Come on. You guys don't want to work during the game? No problem. We'll work now. Go on. That one. Win on talent alone. Gentlemen, 
You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Again. Represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Get that through your head. Again. Everybody get on that line. Hey. Again. Yeah, doesn't it get you fired up? Like, yeah. And who tells it better, right? Kurt Russell. And I, I you know, my demented way, I, I pictured Jesus with the disciples again, right, on the line. They were having a hard time figuring out that the name on the front was more important than the name on the back. In other words, these guys were struggling with individualism. They're struggling with it. They were very talented, but they were struggling with individual, after a while, you, you become so self-important. Your part is so grand, so wonderful, and you don't think you need other people. You don't see the importance of being connected. Now, Paul says something that can help us incredibly. He says, you are the body of Christ. Now, this is what I want you to listen to. It does not say you should become a part of the body of Christ. It doesn't say, you know, you should really get connected. It says you are. Individualism is an illusion. It's an illusion. It, it's an illusion that a lot of us buy into. We think, well, I, I do what I do, and that you, you can do what you do. But what Paul is teaching us is that you are a part of something greater, whether you recognize it or whether you do not recognize it. A good way to think of it is to think of an island. Maybe you see yourself as this island, and, and well, I do what I do, and they do what they do, and, you know, that's not how it works. What happens to one of us affects all of us, usually indirectly, usually indirectly. We are all connected. So if the tide goes out and the ocean is drained, what you realize is, wait a minute, I'm not, an, I'm not separate from that island over there. Once you take the water out between us, what? We're all one rock. 
We're all connected. And what Paul was teaching was so profound. And it's the same thing that goes for this example of a team sport. You will never, you will never get it until you realize that we are all connected. And whatever part that you play, whatever your important role is, is fantastic. But it's only good, only good, if it's connected to the greater body. As soon as you take one part away from the body, it's a science experiment. It's a, it's a Halloween item. You are only as good as you are connected. And to think that you're not connected you are only deceiving yourself. doesn't make it more true because you believe it. A lot of times I think what's happening in our world is people are so striving for their individualism. They so badly want to be an individual that they, want to not, they take the other extreme and they, they isolate themselves and this is, this is me and I'm right and this is the most important. And then you have to come back and realize, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm only valuable in that I'm connected to the greater body. And so it's important for us, of course, to celebrate our uniqueness. But that only goes so far as to understand that we're connected. Science understands this. Everything's connected. Paul understood it so long ago, so brilliantly, when he talked about the body of Christ. Really what these hockey players were struggling to do is they were struggling to dissolve. Dissolve. What do I mean? You know, they say, uh, they say every snowflake has its own unique pattern, which I've never checked. But I'll trust the scientists on that or the, the guessers on that, and every single snowflake has its own unique thing. But here's the thing, and we have much snow outside. At one point, that snow is going to do something. It's going to what? going to dissolve. Pray it sooner rather than later. Brothers and sisters. It's going to dissolve. And when it dissolves, what does it do? It gets absorbed into the greater ecosystem. It becomes a part of the greater whole. And it perhaps it waters some grass that perhaps will feed some deer that will perhaps go on, and it just keeps passing on. And this is how Paul knew and understood that it's all connected. And what these hockey players were, they're having trouble dissolving because they so believed in their ego, right? So the first part of life is about building your ego. That's okay. That's normal. You're trying to show what you are. And think of it this way. Um, you, have this, you have this little chick, this, this little egg with a little chick growing inside. And the first phase, that egg is so essential. Why? Because the egg is housing this little chick, right? The egg is protecting this little chick. The egg is warming this little chick. And the little chick can't survive without the egg. Is this true? But what if the egg gets a little pompous? What if the shell decides, I'm the most important thing here. We need to keep this together. For so long that the shell needed to keep it together, and then, and then, the shell needs to what? Give way. And then when the shell gives way, it's played its part, it's played its role, and it gets, the chick emerges. Jesus said it this way. 
Unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, or I'll use the word, if it dissolves, right? Or Kurt Russell would say, if it recognizes what's, what team they're on, right? Then it flowers into a grain of wheat, into a tree. Jesus was teaching the very same thing. The key to life is you have to get to the place where your ego can dissolve. Man, that's hard to do. There's a reason why you watch that clip, your heart's pounding a little bit because you resonated with a deep truth there that everybody knows. It's not just about you. That your part, is significant as it is, is not so self-important that it doesn't apply to the greater whole. And when you understand that, then you can let go. Maybe your role was that you were the shell. And now you have to let go. Before we uh, close, I want to get a, just think about this. God has incredible variety. The other day, um, I, I was scanning through the news, and they said they cited, and I forget where it was, but a rarely seen, uh, almost, uh, almost never spotted, it's called a barrel-eye fish. Did anybody see this one? And the fish, like the front half of the fish's body is, uh, it, it's, how do I say it? It's see-through. Google it. You have to see this. It's the front half of the fish's body is like see-through. There you go. Have you seen this? And they say they almost never, ever, ever see this fish. And to you and I, we go, what in the world? What's the purpose of that fish? It might be we go to our grave. We never know what's the purpose of that thing hidden so deep into the oceans or so recessed afar. God has all this incredible variety. And the first thing that we need to do is recognize it and celebrate it. Celebrate it in yourself. Acknowledge it in yourself. Stop trying to be somebody else. Just stop. Stop comparing. Stop competing. Maybe God made you half incandescent. I don't know. But if he did, there's a reason. And stop comparing and then start celebrating who you are and start celebrating who other people are. And then, once you do that, dissolve. In other words, recognize that it's all because you're supposed to be a part of the greater system that Paul called the body of Christ.